Hey friends, welcome to another day of the Joanna Whaley podcast. Today, we have part four of my conversation with my friend Stephanie, who is the host of a podcast called Focus on Your Own Family. This is a conversation about conversion therapy, and I am really thankful that you are listening. If you're somebody who struggled with this, please reach out to the show. I'd be happy to help you find support if you haven't had that already. An exciting announcement. Guess what? We are one day away. Just tomorrow at midnight, Friday at midnight, the brand new EP called Freedom comes out on all streaming networks. Tomorrow on the podcast, we will have a normal episode as part five of this series, and then there will be a bonus episode going through the new EP and giving you a listen to some of the tracks. But today, let's continue part four of Focusing on Your Own Family. For everyone born, a place at the table, for everyone born. I like how you said, I don't like that you said yeah. this specific thing, but but I feel like if there's one thing, like one quote, it's the conversion therapy is always an ultimatum. Yep. It's always an ultimatum. And they know that as soon as you show up, they know that you stand to lose everything. Yeah. And so they can exert whatever kind of pressure whatever kind of abuse or whatever kind of tactics over you because you will do anything because they've backed you into a corner. You will do anything to get free at this point. Mm -hmm. And uh, And I appreciate that you state like it's all conversion therapy is always an ultimatum because the person stands to lose everything when they go. And when you're a pastor, it is literally everything. You lose your marriage you lose your job, which means you can't pay your mortgage, which means you can't pay your car payments. You can't, you know, like, which means now you're going to go through this divorce. You could lose your kids. Mm-hmm. It means you lose everything when you're a pastor and you're in this situation. And so with that fear, because I fear had been so ingrained in me from that second round of conversion therapy to be like, I don't want to lose all of this. I don't want to lose this like job and this marriage and all this. So I go back. And this time it was about behavioral aversion and correction. And they put me at war with myself And they put me at war with my surroundings at all times. So, for example, this therapy was not trauma therapy, anything like that. They looked at the notes and they said, okay, here's all the crap that's going on. You haven't dealt with this. Clearly, you haven't given it to the Lord, which is like what they would say to me. But this time it was like, okay, what are your triggers? And let's avoid those things at all costs. So what started to happen was... My privacy completely went away overnight and no privacy. My phone was tracked. My spending was tracked. It was covenant eyes, wasn't it? I th- I don't know what she put something. She did something. That's she watched covenant something, eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I didn't have the password. I didn't know what it was, but I knew it was there. My location, 
I wasn't allowed to carry cash anymore. Cause, and I always, if I purchased anything, even if it was food at Taco Bell, I had to produce a receipt to my wife. That's what the abusers do in domestic violence situations. They put tracking devices on their spouse's car, their partner's car. They give them, they'll give them cash and say, this is all you have for X amount of days. Yeah. Produce a receipt because I will count this cash at the end of the day. It's, it's a very, it's yeah. a, it's like a, it's a hostage situation. Right. And so. so even my showers were like scrutinized. If I took a shower and it took like more than maybe three or four minutes, I would get in trouble and like, I would get questioned. Um, I'll never forget one time I was like hungry and forgot my lunch one day. So I like went into this super Kroger. I like where I was working and like, I got a text. Why are you there? And that was like my world. I was just under constant surveillance and I was at war with my surroundings. So if my family wanted to go to Target, I was told by my therapist quotes, using quotes here, mm-hmm. <laughs> this conversion therapist told me, if the store has a women's clothing section, you are not allowed to go in it. From now until the day you die, you cannot go in a store with women's clothes in it. So my family liked to shop at Target. I stayed in the car. I just stay in the car while my family went into the store. Like... It was just insane and everything was manipulated and watched at all times. What was going through your head when you were in the car and they were in Target? (laughs) But first, this is what has to happen. This is what I have. This is what I deserve. It's really what I felt and thought. And I remember a comment being made where it was like, if this is your problem, then this is, you wouldn't want an alcoholic to go, alcoholic to go in the bar, you know? And I was treated like an alcoholic. I was treated like, like seeing a blouse was going to be, was going to send me on a bender. And one thing to know, like somebody who wrestles with gender dysphoria, if you take someone's privacy away, yep. taking someone's privacy who, who struggles and wrestles with gender dysphoria actually makes the problem worse. And so even my medical charts were monitored just in case I were to talk about my gender with my doctor. And one day I said, fuck it. And I did it. And I talked to my doctor about it. And I got in some hot water over it inside of my marriage. It was, but it was all stemming from it was all stemming from this counsel we received. Mm-hmm. We were both like playing to that terrible counsel. <laughs> yeah. Just this idea. I was talking with another guest previously, and he was saying how he had to basically, in an evangelical world, the term die to yourself is so normal to hear. Yeah. But he was saying how he really did every single thing that he enjoyed. He had to disassociate himself with. If he liked dancing, that's done. If he liked this, that's done. And I just can't, I just can't, I can't imagine. Um, Yeah. And so there was certain even played out for me professionally 
where like women's conferences, I used to do, I would do them all the time. They paid really well to our band. We would just have our girl singers sing all the songs, but I couldn't do those anymore. I couldn't go places that were like feminine or anything perceived to be feminine in nature. And it just was, and the idea that I was going to have to live like this until the day I die, that started to lead me to places where I didn't even want to wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. It was easier to be asleep. I would wake up at six in the morning wondering when bedtime was. I would push to eat dinner at 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon because we could get the kids to sleep faster and I could go to bed because the day would be over. I wanted to be asleep by 7, 8 o'clock every night. That's where I was. I couldn't engage with my kids. I remember just like playing little games with my kids and I couldn't like, I couldn't engage. I couldn't even play a simple game with them. And all of it because I had just been worn out year after year of this terrible counsel that just left me more and more in distress. Mm -hmm. I just, I can't imagine. I, I don't have words. You deserved better. Thank you. (laughs) Thankfully, and I know that it isn't like that for everybody, like for me to have an ending that is happy in a sense. I went to see a, I went to see another Christian therapist, which I thought was another round of conversion therapy. So all of this came, this another two years, another two year cycle happened through COVID. So, oh my gosh, like COVID was a disaster for somebody with dysphoria because there's no privacy. And this all bubbled up again within our marriage. And I was told, go back to counseling. I'm not going back to where I went. Not going to go back to that place. I'm not doing that again. Like you can't make me go. I started to stand up for myself and I went to see a counselor what I thought was my fourth round of conversion therapy. And I start talking and he says, why are you here? Just like the first guy said, like, Oh shit, here we go. (laughs) And I start talking and he stops me halfway through. And he says, I need you to know that you're not sitting in a conversion therapy session right now. And I just started weeping like in front of this guy (laughs) And then he asked me, what do you want me to call you? And I told him, I'm thinking about the name Joanna. And he called me Joanna the whole time. From that day forward, he let me present in that room. We prayed together. We, he embraced me as me. And, and in May of 2022, I publicly came out and lost everything. <laughs> I was working at a mega church, announced my intention to come out and transition, and I got fired on the spot. But I came out because I just knew I wasn't going to be able to make it to the end of life, a natural death. I knew yeah. I couldn't make it to a natural death by carrying that cross. 
because that cross is not meant for anyone to carry. If you want to use your evangelical speak, but like we weren't meant to carry that. Like we're meant to be healthy. Like we're meant to be healthy human beings. And it's funny because we, oops, we've talked on a, like on a personal level and obviously like our theology is, is so similar. And I know that you were using that evangelical term just for the sake of using that evangelical term, because that's how we all relate to it, but we're not meant to carry that burden because it's not a burden. Thank you. It's you. It's It's simply your being. Your being is not meant to be destroyed. Your being (sighs) should never be turned into a burden for you to carry. It's just who you are. Yeah. And I came out. I came out publicly and I lost a lot of friends that day. Mm -hmm. A lot. But I've never been closer to my biological family. I've never had closer friends. The funny thing is all my old guy friends, I don't talk to them and I'm friends with all their wives now, which is hilarious. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And which you could never do pre-transition. But I actually want to wake up in the morning now. And... Sometimes I don't want to go to bed because I'm enjoying the day. My kids make massive messes in my house and I don't care because I'm just happy to be alive and I'm happy to have them in my lives. And I came out to my kids and they, one of my kids the other day said, and they call me daddy, which gets hilarious in girls' restrooms. They're like screaming daddy in, in the women's room. But my littlest one said to me, Daddy, I like you as a girl. You're really pretty, and I love you. Well, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you're somebody who has wrestled with conversion therapy or being coerced by high-control religion to change your sexual orientation or gender identity please reach out to the show and i'll be happy to help you find support tomorrow look out for that bonus episode we'll finish part five and a bonus episode for the new ep release tomorrow